0: This is a Charles Russell Speechlease podcast. Welcome to Property Patter. We've recorded a few podcasts about the difficulties of exercising break options, but we thought we'd look at a slightly different aspect today, namely how the courts approach the insertion of break options into 1954 Act renewal leases. Now, if there's a 54 Act protected tenancy and the parties can't agree the matter between themselves, then they have to ask the court or an independent third party to decide on whether to include a break option in the new lease. So to discuss this option, I'm joined by two members of our real estate disputes team, Richard Friendly, who was recently promoted to partner, and by Emma Priest, who was recently promoted to senior associate. Congratulations to you both. Now, let's get to business. Emma, perhaps you can start with uh, an overview of the 1954 Act for our listeners.
1: So as far as business tenancies are concerned, the primary purpose of the Act is to enable tenants occupying property for business, professional or certain other purposes to obtain new tenancies in certain cases. The Act limits the landlord's ability to terminate the lease and take back possession by restricting the circumstances in which this is possible. There are seven grounds in total which are all set out in the Act. Some are based on the tenant's breach of the lease and essentially give the landlord valid grounds to terminate the lease, if the tenant is in fact a bad tenant and not paying its rent or not complying with its repair covenant, for example. The other grounds are based on the landlord's future intentions for the property. For example, the landlord may decide it would like to develop the property in the future or carry out substantial works for the premises, but cannot do so whilst the tenant remains in possession. So essentially, unless the lease is contracted out of the act, it gives the tenant greater security to stay and run its business, as it will be entitled to have a new lease unless the landlord can terminate and regain possession based on proving one of the statutory grounds. The other part of the Act is that the terms of the new lease, if they cannot be agreed between the parties, will be determined by the court, or perhaps another party, such as an arbitrator, if the parties agree to that. Such disagreements often focus around rent or the duration of the new lease, but it can also involve the question of whether or not Uh, For example, there is a break option should be included and the assets are the principles which the court must follow when making a decision on these points.
0: And Richard, when it comes to break clauses, how do they work in this context?
2: Well, um, Emma, whilst leases uh, may often be viewed as creating a fixed start and end point and subject to the extension principles Emma's just discussed, there are occasions in which either or both the landlord and tenant might desire some degree of flexibility. Um, For example, a landlord might have its eye on future redevelopment and need vacant possession earlier than the end of the contractual term. Conversely, a tenant concerned about future trading conditions might want to be able to terminate its leasehold interest early. Having a break right then can cater for that flexibility need. There are, though, Uh, some important points to remember. Um, Like any option, um, there are some fundamental considerations at play. Uh, They generally require a trigger notice, giving a minimum notice period, and that can of its own lead to plenty of dispute. Um, There are also commonly other additional conditions for compliance, such as vacant possession, payment of rent, amongst other things. Uh, The conditions are construed strictly with there being a substantial body of case law governing many of the commonly encountered obstacles to the exercise of such rights. In the context of sort of a 1954 Act protected lease, um, there are overlaid over all of that uh, nuances of its own. So, for example, um, a landlord might also need to serve a Section 25 notice to terminate a protected lease in addition to the exercise of its break right to terminate the statutory tenancy created by the 1954 Act. Further, if, for example, um, a landlord to a lease protected by the 54 Act wanted to exercise um, its break right, seeking to rely on the redevelopment ground, then not only must it serve notice of that break and set out the matters required under Section 25, but it also needs to satisfy the statutory conditions. Uh, whether they're set out in the lease or not, that apply to seeking to terminate a protected tenancy under ground F and any other ground that it might rely upon. Uh, One of the uh, key things that we often see here is is the degree to which that is all set out in the lease and so an unwitting landlord might have to uh, set out more detail than it thinks um, unless it is aware of the operation of the Act uh, behind the scenes. So it can be Uh, An even more complex exercise in that sense for the landlord to ensure compliance. There is then, uh, you know, obviously uh, points about um, that interrelation between uh, satisfying contractual conditions and statutory grounds. It's something that landlords um, should think about very carefully when they're trying to terminate early under a break right a lease that's protected by the 1954
0: Act. Yeah, and that can obviously apply to tenants too. I mean, this is the problem, isn't it? With these things, there's there's always so much to think about. And let's say, for example, the parties are negotiating the terms of a 54 Act protected lease and the existing lease doesn't have a break right in it uh, for either party. Can can one of the parties insist on including a new break clause in the new lease? Um, so,
1: Matt, the default position is that the terms of the new lease largely follow the existing lease save for reasonable modernisation and unless there's market evidence to the contrary. If the parties are unable to agree the terms, the court will consider the terms of the current lease and all the relevant circumstances when considering whether it's reasonable to include a break option within the new lease. Where either party refuses, say, to agree the break option, the matter will then be determined by the court and the court will look at Section 35 of the 1954 Act. Um, this means that the court will consider the terms of the current tenancy and all the relevant circumstances when considering whether to include the break option. If the lease, existing lease didn't include a break clause, then the party who wants to include the break clause will then need to persuade the court that it's reasonable to insert one. There was a recent case on this which involved Boots as a tenant, where in that case the, the parties couldn't agree the terms of the new lease for retail premises in Bridlington, and the claim proceeded to a trial. In the case, of the tenant sought to include a break clause at year three, which was opposed by the landlord. And the current lease in this one actually included annual breaks. Um, the issue was dealt with under section 35 of the Act, taking into account all of the relevant circumstances, which at the time included um, a very uncertain retail market, balancing the need to protect the tenant with the need to give security to the landlord. In this particular case, the judge sided with the tenant on this point and determine that the break should be included at year three uh, commenting that the tenant ought to be afforded the protection of flexibility on the basis that if the landlord was correct in its optimism about the post-pandemic revival of the high street then there would be no prejudice to it if the tenant did in due course decide to exercise its break
0: yeah that's an interesting case that one and of course break options in renewal leases uh, also, come up reasonably often in connection with a renewal lease, where the landlord has got future redevelopment plans, which aren't perhaps quite ready to implement into a full ground F case. What are the key points to remember in those circumstances?
1: Um, yes, so it's worth remembering that the courts have confirmed already that it's not the policy of the the 54 Act to give security to a tenant at the expense of redevelopment. So, unlike with a ground F that you see, the court will not require any settled intention. The imminent redevelopment in order for the break clause to be exercised. So in judging the terms of any break option, the judge will look uh, to balance the landlord's desire for redevelopment at the appropriate time with the tenant's need for a reasonable degree of security of
0: tenure. Yes, yeah, not the first time we see a balancing exercise going on between landlord and tenant interests. Um, and Richard, dare I ask, is there any case law dealing with this issue?
2: <laughs> well, as you might imagine, Emma, there's plenty. Um, yeah, if we start way back now at the 1956 decision of uh, Redhorn against Barry Corporation, this was a Court of Appeal decision, came only two years after the passing into the law of the 1954 Act. Um, in that case, uh, the landlord opposed the grant of a new tenancy on ground F, but was still exploring the possibilities of redevelopment and didn't satisfy the requirements of the 54 Act. The court in that case accepted that the land was ripe for redevelopment, agreed that the terms of the new tenancy should not impede this. It therefore included a rolling break option within the new lease, exercisable by either party on six months' notice. Um, That was then followed a few years later in 1978, uh, when we had the case of Adams against Green, another Court of Appeal decision. And in that case, the court was uh, asked to consider various uh, various issues uh, and ultimately considered the age of the premises, the fact that the majority of other nearby premises owned by the same landlord had been let with redevelopment break options. The court, again coming back to this balance point, the court balanced the competing interests of the parties and decided to grant a 14-year lease with a landlord's redevelopment break clause exercisable this time on two years notice. Um, and then the last case uh, that I'll just briefly mention on this point was the 1990 decision of National Car Parks Limited against the Payton Oster Consortium uh, Limited. Um, in that case, uh, the proposed redevelopment was quite controversial from a planning perspective, and there were serious obstacles uh, to the uh, landlord in seeking to secure vacant possession of the various properties that made up that development site. The court stated in that case that the test for the inclusion of a redevelopment break option within a new lease is whether it is a real possibility, as opposed to a probability, that the premises in question will be required for reconstruction during the continuance of the proposed new tenancy. Although the judge acknowledged that it was far from certain that the redevelopment would take place, he was satisfied that there was a real possibility that the obstacles to it would be overcome in due course. And that the premises would be required for redevelopment during the course of the tenancy the court therefore ordered the inclusion of a break option exercisable on six months notice With mean, these three cases here really really only scratched the surface of the disputes about the inclusion of break rights in renewal leases both reported decisions and unreported i can certainly see it being a, a fertile land for conflict in the coming months and years particularly depending on how uh, the economic cycle now goes over the next sort of eight to 18 months, I suppose.
0: I like the way you suddenly realise, like, what are we predicting? How long is this uncertainty going to last? I
2: know, yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I do hope
0: your prediction is right. I'm really uh, hoping we're not getting another 10 years of rubbish.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too, me too.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're absolutely right about that. You know, the pandemic has meant quite a few redevelopment plans are, you know, I, I, I hesitate even to say on hold. It's not necessarily on hold, it's just kind of what exactly... Do we need to create? Is it what we thought we were going to create? Is it something different? You know, obviously a lot of repurposing uh, being thought about. Um, So while property owners work out what the new normal looks like, I'm sure a lot of them will be thinking that actually they don't want to necessarily grant long leases, but um, probably it might be safe to renew for now, assuming the tenant wants to stay. It's also worth, I thought it just worth adding as well, that these situations come up. Uh, in the context of the electronic communications code as well, because there are provisions now in the new code for renewal of code agreements. And in fact, some of the renewals are still subject to the 54 Act. Um, I won't get into that. Um, It's a a, a thorny little area, but um, there was an interesting case not too long ago, um, Vodafone against Hanover Capital. And in that case, Vodafone was looking for a three year term. The landlord was looking for 10 years, mainly because of the uncertainties about the electronic communications code the tenant as in that's why it was looking for three years um, because it wanted rather cheekily to be able to renew quite swiftly potentially getting the lower rents that are available under the code as quickly as possible so it said you know we don't really want to sign up to 10 years because we want to get the new rent quicker than that if it's going to be available depending on the outcome of certain decisions um, which I thought was a really you know very open honest interesting argument Um, and actually on that case uh, the court found that it was fair to grant ten-year term, but with a break midway um and it was persuaded towards that longer term because the proceedings had involved quite significant costs for the landlord um and of course they were mindful there would be additional costs in further renewals um, and possibly the risk of further litigation you know in the near future if there was a lease for the short term so i thought that was quite interesting and i think it's worth just pointing out to listeners these things don't always arise in a pure 54 act context as such um and again we see that balance going on between landlords and tenants Anyway, we wait with interest for more cases. Um, I think you're absolutely right, Richard, there's going to be a lot more about break options in renewal leases uh, or indeed code agreements. Um, And obviously we will keep our listeners informed. Thank you to Richard and Emma for joining me today. Um, And I hope everybody listening has a good day ahead. Thank you. This is a Charles Russell Speechlease podcast.